Welcome to the latest episode of the Woke Antidote Podcast. We have a special show for you tonight, and uh, it's based on current events. You guys can guess what we're talking about, but TB, you came to me and you said it was time for this special episode, and look, we're we're officially doing an emergency WOCast. Yes, it's some it's time to do one. We're 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 bringing it back after a long hiatus. Uh, unfortunately, I wish it was under more positive circumstances. So, um, in case you haven't heard, uh, what we're going to be covering today is the tragic shooting at a Nashville uh, private school uh, that happened um, that happened yesterday. So, a horrible, horrible story. Uh, it entails a member of the transgender community going into a Christian school that was for grades kindergarten to sixth grade, I believe, and killing uh, three students, three, ch- three young children and two teachers. Um, the, the, de- the kill count may be higher than that, actually, because I know there's a few people in critical care, but either way is a horrible, horrible tragedy. And what's even more horrible, SB, is the media response every time there is a shooting, and this event is no exception. It seems that regardless of what happens, both parties just kind of whip up into shape and they just make this a political a political debate when it should be a time of uniting and everyone you know mourning this loss and working together to figure out a, a proper solution. And instead, it's meant to demonize the other side and claim that your political enemies have blood on their hands and they're the reasons why that this happened. It's a, it's a horrible thing. And it's just a deep reflection of the state of our society, sadly. And especially with this case, we've really seen, you know, just how evil that this type of narrative can get because it didn't, as I mentioned, it involved a member of the transgender community. And typically those are cast as the victims of society to be transgender. You are part of a special class where, um, there's the the victimhood totem pole, if you will, and to be a mem- to be transgender is very very high on that totem totem pole. There's a lot of social equity that comes with that, and we we hear through society and our culture that people of this community can't possibly be the aggressors; they are always the victims. But with this story, it's showing a member of that community killing young children, and dare I say, a hate crime, very much targeting a Christian school. And uh, but because this person is a member of that class, we have seen the media completely defend and complete and almost brush aside the story. And SB, I know this is something that got you really heated. So I'll pass the baton to you to kind of open up the, the conversation on this. But the media response to this is just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it it was brutal. And be, before I get to that slightly, how we're going to break it down, we'll do the media response to it, number one. Then we'll get into why we think it happened, which we do think on this pod, we've been touched on a lot of reasons for why something like this could happen. And then third, we'll touch on what, what we can do to prevent it. But I think, TV, you, you said it where every every commentator out there seems to be kind of going for their side and commentating based on that. And we're going to try to do things a little bit differently in this podcast, um, how you guys know that, that we can. So for the media covering it, so, you know, I was finished with work yesterday and I sat down a little bit after six, six o'clock Eastern and said, you know what, let me look at CNN, MSNBC and Fox news, flick around, see how each of those news networks are covering it. And very clear themes uh, came from what I saw. So I think to give a little bit broader context, typically when we have a mass shooting like this, I think everybody knows it's wall-to-wall coverage. It's in the entire hour of these shows. Typically, a lot of times they're not even taking commercial breaks. And it is just extreme coverage. Everybody knows about it. This was not the case yesterday. So CNN... It was about maybe 10 minutes in the middle of the 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock hour. And the playbook that they were using was just another mass shooting. So they brought up the stat, which like TV, this is the first time I had heard this this entire year, that there apparently had been over 130 mass shootings for the year. 
Never heard that stat. No idea where they're getting that from. What I think that probably means is that it's it's times when maybe two or at least three people have been killed. So I think that's going to capture a lot of just general violence in the country and is certainly not what we see typically um, with the mass shooting. I mean, I, I, I do not remember hearing that stat or it's only 100, it's 130 through March 27th. We have definitely not heard that stat when we've had mass shootings later in, in years. So that was that CNN playbook. That was the narrative that they were going with. And they, at the six o'clock hour I watched, they did not man- mention that the person was transgender, did mention that briefly in the seven o'clock hour, but really not that much. And then besides the, the few minutes they spent on it, we had other stories like onto the Israel uprising, onto Putin and Xi, onto Ukraine, onto Trump. So really was not getting that much coverage at all. So that was CNN. Then let's look at MSNBC. And this was actually insane. This, this actually surprised me where we had the six o'clock hour didn't even cover it. So there was no mention on, I think it's Ari Melber does the show. They were talking about Trump for the entire hour. Un- unbelievable. I have some screenshots here that, you know, one of them at 625 is New York prosecutors eye Trump's criminal intent. We had another one a little bit later, multiple Trump allies imprisoned after remaining loyal to him. This was quote unquote breaking news. So MSNBC felt the need and and felt the desire that this was what they should be covering and not this attack. And for anyone out there that tries to say MSNBC is at at worst of of Fox News, I think it's probably worse than that, but it's at least the equivalent to the left. If they're not admitting that, then their head is in the sand because clearly it is. And then the Joy Reid at seven o'clock hour really was just insanity because I think with CNN, you know, it was a clear narrative. It, w- it was just another shooting and we knew that's what they were going with. Joy Reid went on the offensive immediately. She comes out swinging and basically implies that it's Republicans fault. Um, she she uh, cited Republicans removing LGBTQ plus uh, plus books um, from schools and and and, and uh, she was basically deriding the drag queen story hours the Republicans are so centered on um, immediately going into gun control and how Republicans have been voting against this uh, she brings up that photo which I'm sure everybody's seen by now of the Tennessee congressman uh, with the guns in their hands for their Christmas card so you know, it was very clear to me that they were they knew that the narrative was against them and they came out swinging, didn't apologize for anything. And then certainly um, you definitely got what, what we had expected. I mean, we talked about this previously. Um, we had expected that it would then be, OK, this is actually, you know, who should we, we be thinking about in this situation? It's the current transgender people because they're going to be looked at a lot worse now that they could that they could perpetuate violence like this um and that's going to be maybe one of the biggest issues stemming from this nothing about christianity nothing about the kids nothing about potentially the ideology the trans transgender community influencing this and then look i I gotta call out fox news as well here because you know you, you expect that from cnn msnbc was more aggressive than i thought but fine um, but Fox was barely even covering it. So they were they were again talking about global events and not talking about this shooting and not covering it like a normal mass shooting. So I just thought that was such an interesting disparity between the three. I think CNN again at the seven o'clock hour was had Michael Cohen's lawyer on for 20 minutes. I mean, why why this was needed? I don't know. MSNBC talking about countering Trump's dark message. Uh, again, was was more important to them. So this was completely treated very much differently than the typical mass shooting. And I think we all know why, and it's very clear why, but it's important to understand that that is actually taking place. And I think the the biggest difference um, beyond what, what we had in, in the TV coverage was that New York Daily News in the New York Post where the the liberal outlets, you know, when when it is a, a narrative that they can employ, they hit that hard. And then when it's not a narrative, they they basically say we don't have enough information. It's just a shooting. 
they don't mention transgender or Christianity. So I just think that kind of to, to set the playing field here, to, to level set us, that is what was going on. And, you know, whether whether you're, you know, if you're on the left, you'll take the CNN view, just another one. If you're on the far left, you'll take the really aggressive view, come out on the offensive, essentially blame Republicans for hating on trans people. And of course, if the Republicans even did the CNN view for mass shootings in the other direction, they would be completely hated on. They would never be able to pull off what MSNBC did. So again, as you said in the intro, I would love for us to not have to take sides here and for us to actually come to solutions on how to actually fix this. But the media has got no interest in that and politicians have got no interest in that. Yeah. You said it, you said you, you, you set the stage really well here. You, you know, you, you've really just captured the essence of kind of our criticisms of the media and frustrations with them. And I really want to dive deeper here. I think it's so important that we really spend time detailing and critiquing the way that the media covers these types of events. And as you pointed out, also the lack of the coverage. So the way that they cover it, you know, the media and the left has really made them a nice cozy co- corner over here where they're covered regardless of what happens. So when we see a, a crime committed by someone on the right towards a member of the left, it's all, the narrative is always the right is inciting violence. They hate minorities. They want to uh, kill every race that there is. Um, you know, they are bigoted. Um, this is all being incited by, a Republic, uh, by Republican voters and the politicians that they put in power. That's constantly the narrative that we hear. Uh, we, we spoke about January 6th in the last uh, episode. When, they, when that happened, they said that all Republicans incited that and all Republicans want that. That's the narrative. Now, when there's crime that's done in the reverse, when a member of the left commits crime on people on the right, or just people generally speaking, the general population, the narrative is, well, they were in, they, they committed this violence in retaliation to Republicans. And mm-hmm. so in this recent, in this story, the, the, the big narrative is, oh, Nashville is the home of places like Daily Wire, which is anti-trans. They recently passed legislation that uh, that banned any gender affirming surgery for minors before the age of 18 and banning drag queen story hours. So of course that this happened, they bullied them, they made them do this. So regardless of what happens in either scenario, whether it's the right, a person on the right as the aggressor or the person on the left as the aggressor, it ultimately is always the, the right's fault. That's just the media's tale that they spin. And it, it's just, it's absolutely sickening that they do that. But People need to pay attention to it because it's very easy to miss. It's very easy to see that nuance, but it's it's really critical that we do because it's, you know, it, it is pretty evil stuff when you think about it. And it, it completely brainwashes people where they think that that is justification for it, where we see people like a Joy Reid or Sank Uger from Young Turks, where they are basically victim blaming uh, you know, saying that this was all in response to Republicans being a certain way or having religious views or passing legislation that was anti-trans, you know, imagine if any other tragedy that there was and saying, oh, they asked for it. You know, that honestly, I can, the equivalent that I can think of is saying, you know, if, if a woman gets sexually assaulted and someone says, oh, well, she was wearing revealing clothing, so she asked for it. That's the exact same logic that they're employing in this story. Well, you have religious views and you've, you know, you believe in these things. So, you know, it was bound to happen. Like, think how evil that is to blame the victims. And I can't think of anything more evil than the Trans Resistance Network. They released a a, a PR statement talking about this, where they said that they were mourning two tragedies. The first tragedy was the loss of life for the young children and the teachers, but the second, and in their, in their quotes, more complex tragedy was the loss of this shooter's life. And that they said that this person was bullied so much that they felt that this was their only way that they could stand up for themselves and, you know, and, and make a name for themselves. And 
it's just like the justification of that and it's just it's really it's really really evil stuff and uh, sp you pointed out so well when it's a an attack um it's it's an attack by the right it is not just a gun issue it also turns into a issue with conservative or republican ideology but when it's a when someone using gun violence from the left it's just a gun violence issue. It has not, you know, you can, you can never say, oh, that person was incited. You know, we, we can look back to the example of the Bernie Sanders supporter who shot up the congressional baseball game that immediately was that story was immediately shut down. If you know it happened in the reverse, people would say, oh, Republican politicians, their, their supporters inspired this person to go to the game and shoot people up. But because it was a Bernie Sanders supporter, oh, no, 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 unrelated. Bernie Sanders did not inspire him. He, he This was just a, a, a guy with easy access to guns. And guess why he had easy access to guns? Because of Republicans. Like, it's just they constantly keep going back to that. You know, it, it is it is really, really sickening. And it, it's just it's really as you watch the media unfold and the way that they are all in lockstep with each other. I can't see it any clearer than this, SB, that. They they have gotten the talking points. They are hiding rea- the truth. They would rather protect, you know, their, their the narrative that they have to, to con- you know, remain in control. And what's the most ridiculous part of this is that the media's insistence to continue to use this monster's you know, assumed pronouns that this is a biological female, but because that they identify as a man that the media continues to insist on using he, him pronouns when using them. It's like, are these really our priorities? These young, beautiful children were killed by a monster, but you are, you're, you're so consumed by your woke ideology. You care more about protecting this dead monsters pronouns. Like give me a break SB. Yeah. And I I think we, you touched on how they missed just key elements of this because it didn't fit the narrative where if we're watching a typical mass shooting, they're immediately using words like the shooter was targeting X um, because of Y. Um, we need to see that manifesto, right? They would always go upon that. It's a hate crime. I mean, they they call mass shootings, to the typical ones, a, a hate crime immediately. I didn't see any mention of a hate crime. I don't think even on Fox News when I was watching it. So... That is not at all what they're using. And the Christian element here, you, bar- you barely heard that either. I mean, other, other religions and other races, it's always about this is a hate crime. Where is that same language being used? We're asking for consistency, and there's absolutely zero consistency. But, yeah, speaking of it, I, I mean, I, and I, I, was, I was actually getting heated watching this stuff. I was texting you guys in, in the group chat we have. I was like, I can't believe this because I, I think these people, they are, they know they're lying for living, living. They're deeply evil people who are taking a paycheck to perpetuate these lies. And they're okay with it because they make so much money. They're above it all. So it, it's do as I say, but not as I do. You know, I'm okay peddling these views to the average viewer because even if the country turns into a complete shithole and a lot of the cities where they broadcast from have, it doesn't matter to them because they have enough money to go be above the shithole. But in effect, their policies are creating it. It's the same thing with politicians, but it just irked me so much watching this, knowing that they are they are knowingly taking their marching orders. It's exactly what you said because they, they feel as though this is what they need to do to keep their shows. Um, you know, Joy Reid, um, she's making several million dollars for sure. I mean, this is what those shows make. And she's perpetuating this hate on the American people. So I just thought that was that was so tragic. And then, you know, I, I think there's that it, it, we're always searching for a motive. And I think a lot of the times in the previous mass shootings, the media just globs onto anything so freaking fast. I mean, you turn it on, and then 15 minutes after, they're calling the person a white supremacist, saying they were influenced. I mean, I, I mean, I can't remember the amount of time where I mean, how many times has Tucker Carlson been blamed for a mass shooting? I mean, this is every single time someone that's not on the left wing does that. They say 
You know, he he was probably watching Fox News. This is Fox News rhetoric. Well, this wasn't the case this time at all. And if you want to talk about rhetoric, like we need to see that manifesto. We're already seeing how the um, I think the Nashville police just before we we went on said they're not going to be releasing the manifesto because it's going to interfere with the investigation. If this was on the other side of it, I, I bet you that that manifesto would have already been leaked. But if it hadn't been, the media would be aggressively calling for it and saying we need to see that as a public record because we need to see what actually influences person so we can try to combat fit hate and stop this from happening again. That would be all over the place for what they needed to do. But instead, it's basically crickets. And then, you know, me and you were, were texting this morning. You had on Fox News and like the morning show and they weren't even covering it in the morning show for a long stretch of the time. So, yeah, TV like this is it's all very funky to me. And again, like we, we know why um, this is happening. And, and maybe I'll just close close my thoughts with this, that I, it's a little bit difficult for them to cover this because this is new for them. Um, usually. You know, and, and you said it so well, and there's there's this great um, tweet that kind of sums up what we were talking about, where basically if if the problem is – if it's a left-wing shooter, then it was the rights uh, inciting them. And if it was a, a right-wing – yeah, if it was a right-wing shooter – I'll actually get this exact one. Okay, so this is, this is it. Um, if a shooter has right-wing views, then the rights rhetoric's responsible – if the shooter has left-wing views, then the right's policies are responsible. Responsible. So that's what was going on here. But this is so new for the media. And, and frankly, I'm not sure the media even knew how, what to call this person because this is the first time we've had this. And I actually, for the first couple hours of hearing this, I thought it was a um, male-to-female transgender person. Same. I think like that was the language that it seemed like they were implying. Um, so I think they might have even messed that up. So – Part of I think part of the coverage and part of the maybe urge to not cover it as much is because there there isn't an established playbook for this in the mainstream media. And so maybe they, they, they step off the gas a little bit. They'll be a little bit more prepared if this particular situation happens again. But I think that could have been an element, too, because otherwise it's just you know, it's just completely shameful how this was covered so much differently than what we've had in the past. Yeah, that was perfectly put, SB. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And, you know, when, I, when we, we try to go from here, we think about, like, what exactly is causing this, right? Like, why are there so many school shootings? Why is there this general malaise, especially in our younger generations? Um, you know, the first, uh, my first point is, you know, we, it'd be very easy to take a page out of the liberal playbook and say, oh, well, you know, me as a Christian, I should be fearful of being gunned down by a, a transgender person on the streets now, because that's what I'm told whenever a white person kills a minority or kills someone that is from the LGBTQ community. The media is very quick to remind me that at any point in time, white people are lurking in the shadows waiting to kill them. So am, are, should we make the same claim now? Should we, are we now in fear of our lives that this was obviously an intentional hate crime? So now are we fearful? Of course not. That is a ridiculous claim to make. I think it's ridiculous when they made it before. And I think it's ridiculous now that the actions of one person does not represent a broader community. And it's just ridiculous to even say that. But what, what I think is the actual underlying issue, what is causing this, it has nothing to do with this person's sexual identity. Now, granted, there very well could have been some mental issues going on there that you know, what all school shooters have in common is a history of mental disorder. So I'm willing to bet that this person also did. Uh, but, you know, I think that what we can really point to is that this is a deeper reflection of the crumbling of our society. And I think it really starts with, with parenting, SB. Now think about it. It's not like there are more guns in circulation now than there were before. If anything, guns were much easier to attain you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago than they were, than they are right now. So what, what is really the issue here? And, and, and I think it's ultimately just very bad parenting because back in the day, children were raised with stricter parents, you know, on average, Ch children were told what's right and wrong. 
you know, if they were acting out of line, they would get spanked. Not Sam condoning spanking, but I'm just trying to explain the, the historical trends. Um, you know, they wouldn't tolerate children speaking out. If a, if a child disrespected their student, they would be suspended or expelled. You know, how many videos do we see now of children not just talking back, but also like beating the crap out of their teachers and like nothing happening? So I think it's just really, really bad parenting and, and adult role models. So children are being taught now that they can do anything that they want without consequence. And when you don't give children rules and guidelines, it becomes very confusing to them. And we've talked about this before in relation to other societal issues. But I think for this, this is extremely important. Like what causes a child or a person to become, to grow up into a monster that can dehumanize people. And I think ultimately when you have parents who aren't setting those guidelines it's the participation trophy society, and then that children gets raised in a society that tells them, you know, they can be whatever they want, that rules don't apply to them. They end up feeling lost. They end up feeling disassociated because it's very hard to find your place in the world when the world just feels so fluid and, you know, just not concrete. It can be very confusing to a child. Uh, and then what, ha what ends up happening is that when people challenge that worldview, then it becomes very easy for them to dehumanize them because they're, they've been raised thinking that their actions don't have consequences, that the number one goal in life is your self-fulfillment, your self-satisfaction. That is what society tells us is the number one end goal of life. So for them, for this person, they felt that they were slighted in society and, you know, they wanted to die. And by doing this, this would give them their peace and, you know, make their, their name known without even thinking about the repercussions of their actions, not thinking about the parents now who have lost their beautiful children, without thinking about the spouses uh, of the, the teachers that died, without thinking about the harm it would do to the community. They've completely dehumanized those people. They've been able to take away the humanity of them and turn them into these monsters or even just to things that are not worthy of, of life. And I, I, and I really, I really truly believe that regardless of the identities of the shooters, their races, their sexual orientation, I think it all points to our society failing us. You know, I, I, I keep hearing stories about how they're going to look at Gen Z and the, and the generations before that, that they are kind of like the lost generation, that their, their math scores are down, you know, you know admission, they, their graduation rates are plummeting. It, it's kind of really scary. And I, and I, I just think that Everything we've done, all in the pursuit of making people feel good, we've ended up doing more harm to them in the long run. Yeah, I, I'm so glad you went in this direction because I couldn't agree more and I want to expand on it because I think you said it perfectly that people are lost these days. And look, I, I don't think that is – it's not unique to this generation. People have felt lost. People haven't been able to fit in for – Forever. I mean, me and you probably had that at times when we were growing up. Our friends did. People in our classrooms did. It's inevitable. It happens. The problem is is twofold, I think. Number one, it's happening a lot more now because of the societal issues that you just talked about and we've talked about a lot in the show. So you have a lot more of it, and that's that's a big issue. But then secondly, I think the easy fix is rather than parenting better – and parenting can be hard, especially in the teenage years. Instead of doing that, oh, let's let's get you checked out. Let's go to the doctor. Maybe you're the wrong gender. Or we see the statistics of the LGBTQ plus is basically doubling every generation. And so then you have to ask yourself, is are, are, are 25 to 30 percent of kids really LGBTQ plus now compared to I don't know, two to 5% in a couple generations removed. Has it, is, is it that different that all that was going um, un, un, we didn't know that before? Um, or is it because there's a lot more propaganda out there promoting this stuff? Is it because a lot more kids don't feel like they fit in and this is, and they're told that it's kind of an easy fix to say it well, if you don't fit in, then you are this, you are, you, you are fit in this category. Um, or especially, you know, really in the last few years, if you don't fit in, if you don't feel right, you're transgender. 
I mean, you know, TB, me and you aren't women, so we didn't go through what women did, but there's a lot of bodily changes that go on um, when you're in middle school, when when you're a girl um, maturing. You know, we noticed them when we were middle school boys, for sure. But I, I imagine that that feels very different for them, and it could it could easily feel tough to fit in at that age. Well, that's that's the age when a lot of uh, a lot of doctors are saying, well, you can start hormone therapy because you don't feel right. Well, well, maybe you just don't feel right because no one feels right at, at that age and you're still working through things. I mean, certainly guys going through puberty, we, we have our own issues and we have our own highs and lows doing that. So I, I, I really think that that combination of both more people fee- feeling left out and then also just these easy fixes rather than doing the the hard uh, work is really an issue. And I say easy fixes. It, it's not a fix. It's an, it's an easy, this is the actual problem rather than looking at the ultimate problem. And, you know, you have, we have to talk about the high rate of suicide with transgender people. I think it could be up to 50%. And what I think happens a lot of the time is people are depressed and they feel like being, uh, having the surgery or taking the hormones, that is going to make them undepressed, right? It, it actually is that easy fix. And so when they, they go through uh, these programs, they have the surgery, they come out the other side, and then not only are they not, not, uh, not depressed, so they fail that initial reason for doing in the first place, they sometimes have that horrible realization that, oh my goodness, I've changed myself permanently for good. And I think that's, you know, there's, you can hear a lot of testimonials on people who are detransitioning, you know, whether it's uh, the subreddit detrans has a ton of posts about this. Um, plenty of conservative media has this non-conservative media has these people talking about it. Um, there's TikToks about it. So there, there's stuff out there. You might not see it in traditional media, but there's a lot of people out there saying, whoa, I, I was misled when I was a teenager, when I was 18 about what I should be doing. And I'm permanently damaged. You know, I can't, I can't breastfeed. I can't have children. My sexual organs are never going to work like they would be, like they should. Um, you know, I'm permanently mutilated, essentially. And so then that kind of, then I take that to the next step and say, okay, so if you have these people that were depressed in the first place and now are more depressed because they've permanently damaged themselves, and then the third element comes in. And what's the third element? It's it's the Republicans' fault. It's conservatives' fault. It's the Daily Wire's fault. It is lawmakers' fault. It is Christians' fault. They get that propaganda, and that just you know it, it starts and it just becomes it, it becomes a, a driplet and it goes to a full on flood. And they get that. And look, I think anybody can do this. You can find your your kind of internet home, your 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 corner of the internet internet that you go to. And you can get deeply involved in some of this ideology. And, and that's why we really need to see the manifesto to see exactly what would happen. Because what, what you would hear from the media if this was some, you know, quote-unquote far-right white supremacist shooter, they would say, yeah, he was, he was deep into the weeds of 4chan or, you know, whatever the right-wing sites are these days. And, like, man, he, he was participating in these forums. Um, so we need to either ban these forums or really investigate what's going on here. You won't hear that for this case, but I think that's what's going on. They're basically told that, you know, the reason for your pain and suffering basically is because of these conservatives and Christians. And I think, what do you know um, that, you know, conservatives and Christians were targeted here. And I, I want to end my, my thought on this before I passed it back to you. Um, so I was looking around today on, on Twitter, just kind of seeing what popped up. And I, I found what, what looks to be a, an account that is, is someone that's transgender. I guess we don't know for sure. It's, it's the internet. But they were talking to, to someone else and, and commenting based on a post. And someone was, was saying basically like, is, is that the same reason that incels do the, do the mass shooting? So the implication that a lot of time like depressed young men who incel means involuntary celibate. It's an insult, but it's basically – a young man who's dropped out of society isn't having sex is what the what the phrase is. And this person goes – this person that's a transgender goes, 
it's very likely that incel mass shooters felt that they had nothing left to lose and did horrific things. The difference is that no one made any laws criminalizing their existence. And so I think that's the key there that they already feel this depressed. And now there's this boogeyman that's quote unquote criminalizing their existence. And then, you know, look, not that we're advocating it, not that we think we should expect it, but is it a surprise that something like this could happen when that cocktail all comes together and they can find somebody to blame? Yeah. Uh, it's, there's no, there, there's just no like, you know, ownership uh, of their actions. It's always someone else's fault. Uh, and again, I think that points back to children being told they can never be wrong. They can do whatever they want. You know, roles don't apply to them. So when, you know, they're at fault, nope, they're, they're just victims of circumstance. They did, they did something heinous because people made them do it. And it, it just, there's no accountability there. And again, that's just, it reflects our, our society. And it is, it is quite disgusting, SB, that this has then spiraled into a conversation about you know, this is not, you know, this is not talking about like why this is not a conversation about like, this was a horrible tragedy where little kids died. There was potentially a hate angle here, Christian school, potentially a a church was also a second target, but wasn't because they had armed security, which, hey, that's a totally different conversation, by the way, when we talk about the second amendment, but um, you know, that's, that's a good point there, but there's no conversations about that. Uh, Now it's turning into Oh well, now now more than ever because of this, transgenders are going to be attacked more now because of this. That you know they they are, they continue to be the victims. These those evil white Republicans, those evil white Christians, they're constantly out to get them. And this would never have happened and if if it wasn't for all this legislation that they've passed and because of their religion. That's just the narrative we're going to he- keep hearing. And you know, SB, like this is not the focus of this conversation because obviously we're talking about this specific tragedy, but if we, you know, because it does touch on this, you know, if we want to talk about the transgender movement and the, that identification, we've always said in the show that people in those communities, they deserve equal respect, equal rights, equal protection, all the equalities that the country delivers to us. They, they are entitled to all of those as well. Um, I'm not saying anything, anything differently than that. So, you cannot take these words out of context. I'm stating it right there. But let's have an honest conversation about this. Why is it so bad that there's legislation saying that someone younger than 18 cannot do just sex reassignment surgery that will dramatically alter their bodies and the chemical makeup of their bodies? You know, it, the it, what we hear in the student loan debate is that mm-hmm. kids are too young at the age of 18 to understand the financial impact of taking on loans. So they're too, they're too young to understand that, but they are old and wise enough as young teenagers and even earlier, actually, in some circumstances. Um, I encourage you to read the Vanderbilt um, medical, uh, children's medical story uh, when you get the chance, but even earlier than teenage years, saying that they have the full intellect to understand the long-term ramifications and they are they're fully viable to make these decisions the logic does not add up sb there's a logical inconsistency and it's dishonest so let's let's have an honest conversation right now and i think that's what we try to do you know why why is it so evil to say that little kids should not be exposed to drag queens who are performing very sexually why, why do our why is it okay that our teachers want to give pornographic materials to children at young ages and hide any identity crises that those children are having from their parents because they as teachers think that they know better and are quote unquote protecting them. Why, why, Why is that okay? And the answer is it's not okay. So for for people to like for people who people like us who reject these things and say that's wrong and that's predatory towards children and, con- and confusing to them, 
for people to turn around and say, oh, it's your fault for, you know, because you think this, because you're against that, it's your fault. I, I've had it, SP. That's, that is disgusting. That is not just revisionist history. It's pure gaslighting. It's not even that, actually. It's a disassociation from reality. It, you can't even have a conversation with these people because they live in a different universe, quite frankly. And where we think where we need to go from here, I think what we need to do is, instead, you know, I think we need to stop worrying about hurting people's feelings and just finally accept what truth is. Finally live in a, in a place of reality and say, no, that is wrong. No, a child who is seven years old is not, cannot say that they are a different gender. And there's so many stories about that. There's a TLC show, um, Jazz Jennings. Uh, I forget the name of oh, the title. Right. But this, this was like a kid who, like at the age of six, their parents like said that they're like jazz came out as a transgender. Like we as a society have to say no, like that, that is way too young to make those such drastic decisions like that. And, you know, of course I'm not saying by, by saying no and living reality, that means you, people should be bullied and ostracized. I'm not saying that at all, but I think people deserve tough love because like we said at the very beginning of this episode, it's very confusing to people when you don't tell them what is right and wrong, when you don't give them rules, it ends up doing more long-term damage. So if you do care about people, if you do love them, if you do want to support them, you need to give them that tough love. You need to set those rules because long-term you're hurting them by not doing it. It's entirely contrary to what you may have, what you may be seeking, the good intentions you have, you're completely sabotaging yourself by, by not doing that at an early age. So, you know, I, I think, I think, I think that's where we go SB. I think we, we need to, to stop, you know, just entertaining these, these, this idiocies, these, these things that are so detached from reality. I think we need to go back to parenting. We need, we as a society need to stop encouraging lazy parenting. We need to really, you know, have parents who are actively engaged with their children and we need to have communities that are there to support them, which I think is so important why people have a, uh, you know, a faith filled life. You know, I, I think being part of a religious community helps so much where it can allow parents to have additional supporters where they have multiple people helping to raise a child productively in society. And I think we're seeing the ramifications of that as we, as we become more secular we're seeing children lashing out and fall and falling out in society. So I think returning to faith is really important. And, you know, I, I really think that, you know, dis disassociating ourselves from lives consumed by social media, mm. by video games, um, you know, by, by entertainment that sends really wrong and confusing messaging. I, I you know, I, I think ultimately everything I'm saying, it all boils down to being present to you know being present in multiple ways and I, I think that's the only solve in order to fix what's going on because there's a clear malaise right now there's something very very deeply wrong and i, I think we just need like a, a complete a complete reset here yeah i think you're so right about getting out of the social media viewpoint where you have to have a hard stance on something i mean because that's what social media does is the only way you get noticed is if you have an aggressive take one way or the other. And we were actually kind of kind of laughing about this last episode because we said there's some really aggressive takes for Trump versus DeSantis right now in like March 2023. But then it kind of it speaks to, well, if their job is being a political commentator, they, they will have a hot take on Twitter so they can go ahead and get more views and follow. So you know, it, it even happens there. But to pick up where you left off on entertainment, I wanted to bring in uh, a, survi a survivor element to this pod, which, um, you know, for for the listeners here who are Survivor fans from our episode, Survivor Goes Awoke from the middle of last year, that was our that was our best episode to date when we did it. And it's still one of our most listened to ones. Um, so we thank you guys for sticking with the show. And if you're a new Survivor if you're new fans of, of, of Woke and Survivor fans, please go ahead and share the show with more Survivor fans because we had the situation and TB, like I, I follow the community a little bit. Um, I did used to run a blog um, way back when. And, you know, so I check in from time to time. 
but I, I was used to be much more in line with my Survivor fanhood than I am now. But one thing I did notice was that a, a former winner of Survivor is in the Kentucky legislator, a legislation, and he voted for a bill that concerns transgender um, ideology. And so there was, you know, one of the biggest tweets on Survivor Twitter, which, you know, as you would expect, leans very liberal, was that Survivor winner Nick Wilson voted to pass anti-trans and anti-gay legislation. I'm sadly only surprised it took for this long for the public to expose his biases. Hopefully this bill will be vetoed as expected. So then we have a response from Nick Wilson, and this is all he said. He said, the law prevents sex chain surgery before the age of 18. I believe you should be an adult before making such a life-altering decision. So this is what we're dealing with. So you talked about us trying to have the conversation. These people don't want to have the conversation. This, this is a realistic conversation to have about whether this should happen before 18 or not. And TB, me and you were both in high school, and we changed a lot from freshman year to senior year. And I think everybody listening did the same. There's a lot that can happen. There's a lot that can get your mind and your body right throughout high school. And frankly, your, your body and mind might not be right in high school. It might take college. It might take a few years in the workforce to truly become who you are. And so we're preventing people from having that long-term path of realizing who they are by short-circuiting it cutting off one potential path and putting them on this new path that is, again, that the suicide rate's 50%. So wh why are we putting them on this new path when it might just be a short-term issue and they might not actually have to have the surgery? So I think it's completely reasonable. But then I want to give you an example, TB, and, and you and the general audience of what the survivor community responded to this with. So one of the, the guys that was one of the most recent kind of stars he didn't win but he was highly um he was highly he was very entertaining in a, a recent season uh, a guy count called ricard he said this is what confuses the shit out of me i spent time with nick wilson in december so kind so sweet felt such a good connection that we ended up grabbing a beer and talked about my husband so this guy is gay um being pregnant um this right before we lost her and couldn't have felt more understood who the fuck was the person I met? So this is, and this has happened in both of our lives where people have taken a political viewpoint from someone and they have boiled down that person to the, to the political viewpoint and they throw everything else about that person out the window. So it was like that for supporting Trump. It was, if you were a Trump supporter, all of these amazing experiences and conversations and laughs and growing up together in the case of some of my previous friends, all of that was thrown out the window when you didn't back down about Trump and you said you liked, you liked what he was talking about and we, I just can't have that. So this is happening in the transgender issue as well. And so that conversation that we're striving to have, people don't want to have it. So if people don't actually want to have the conversation, and this guy, I, I believe him when he's shocked, but, he, but this guy, that this Ricard guy, he's so deep into that ideology that he, he has to remove that interaction and has to say, if he supports this, um, then he's anti-transgender, he's anti-LGBTQ+, and he, he wants to hurt us, he's against our community, and I can't talk to him again. Now, of course, with, with this survivor person, everybody's calling for him to not play again. He could be invited back because he's a winner. They're calling for him not to be invited to the meetups. Um, you know, once you go on that show, it's kind of a social thing where you can go to a lot of meetups around the country with former players. There's been, you know, 43, 44 seasons by now. But I just thought that was such a great example that really encompassed what we're seeing now where we're not having the conversation and then I think the next step from not having the conversation is we're going to have things like this. And, you know, at, at the time of recording, we don't have the manifesto. The, the manifesto is apparently not being released until the investigation is over. I hope they release it. And what I, what I would like to happen is the manifesto can open up a conversation about have we, have we pushed the gas pedal a little bit too hard? 
I mean, TB, out of all the people, wasn't Bill Maher saying this recently? Bill Maher was saying, let's let's take off the transgender pedal. Um, are we sure this many kids are transgender now? So, th- th- so this is not a this is not a woke antidote far right um, talking point. This is somebody like Bill Maher, card carrying Democrat, says maybe we're going a little bit too far here. Maybe we should slow this down a tad. And and one of the one of the things that's one of my theories is that one of the things I don't think this person had the surgery. It doesn't seem like that's come out. But one of the things you would do with hormone therapy is you would give testosterone to a woman trying to be a man, and testosterone. You know what? What was the dosage for that? If she if if she was taking that, and we don't know for sure, but if this person was taking testosterone, were they given too much? Was it testosterone that caused that reaction? Um, you know, should I, I think I I was seeing that this person kind of disagreed with their parents on this. So was this something that should have been legislated through the parents? I mean, there's all sorts of questions that we need to answer about this. And I think you said it really well earlier that like we're not being we're not trying to be mean about this. We're not trying to be like, oh, and like laugh about it and like look at you. Like, no, like th- these people obviously deserve rights um, as much as anybody else. But I think like for an example of what we could do, you could have D-trans people be a little bit more out – I think some of them are outspoken. But you could give detransitioning people a wider platform and, and really talk about some of the issues going on. I, th- I think even CBS 60 Minutes had this. I think several years ago, they had a big piece on this. And then I think there was a big hubbaloo about it and, and the, the people on the left didn't like it. But we need more of that media because for all of the the violence that, you know, happened the other day and, you know, might or might not happen in the future, ho- hopefully it doesn't. For all of that happening, there is a whole host of people whose lives have been ruined because they transitioned when they shouldn't have and now they're coming back. And I think if... I think that really needs to be uh, a key focus of moving forward from here is speaking to those people and saying you really need to consider how it might be a time in your life rather than permanently altering yourself at 15, 16, 17, which look like you get a tattoo, you know, you get an ear pierced. That's one thing. It's a little different than than mutilating your genitals and, you know, never being like you were um, ever before. So I think that really needs to be part of the conversation for us to move forward here. A hundred percent, SB. Like, I'm trying to think of like a simpler example, because I I think you you made a great point, like liking this to getting a tattoo or something like less severe. Like we wouldn't in college, right? as a freshman, you don't declare your major. You wait until after your sophomore year, after you're halfway through college. Um, like imagine, like b- before you figure that out, like imagine telling a child that they have to choose, they have to know and choose what their profession is, at, you know, by eighth grade or like in high school, Do you know, like how unprepared that person is, like how mentally different they are. Like who I am today is completely different than who I was 10 years ago. And uh, 10 years ago, I was over the age of 18. So that just shows how dramatically people change as, as they grow up and get exposed to new things. Uh, I know for a fact, my political views, religious views, every aspect of me has changed dramatically throughout the, uh, throughout the year. So to have someone in that finite moment, at such a young moment when their brains have not even fully developed to make such a dramatic decision that's going to alter their entire lives, like sadly... There is no going back from that. You, you mentioned D-trans. You know, you, once certain organs are ch- chopped off or changed and hormones are injected in your body, it, there's, it's really difficult to come back from that. And, and, and in most cases, it's impossible. So we're not saying that people shouldn't be transgender or that, you know, they, they can't do that. It's just saying that there's a time and place and maybe when you're before the age of 18, maybe that's not an appropriate time. You know, maybe you need a little bit more time to think through that. And who knows, maybe those numbers that we see with, you know, depression and suicide rates within the community, maybe those numbers would increase if they are given more time to think through that thoughtfully and given and given those the right resources to make sure they're making an informed decision maybe they will feel more validation because they can say, you know what, I spent all this time thinking about this. I've thought really critically about it. And as I've gotten older and wiser, 
I feel more validation and I think this is the right decision for me. I, I have to think that may help somewhat that would might help cure some of that depression. Um, so, and again, even, even before all that, you know, people should always be treated with respect. There's never a time or place for bullying, not condoning that at all. But, you know, again, we, it's, it's trying just to look what's, what's best for, for kids, what's best for people and their long-term happiness. And I think everything we're saying doesn't come out of a place of hate or judgment. It's, you know, truly with trying to protect society and, and help people. I think that's where it comes from. It comes from a place of good, but, you know, um, you know we covered quite a bit here, SB, and I'm glad that we were able to jump on this one because, you know, again, as an unfortunate circumstance that we're having this conversation, I, I wish it, it didn't have to come at the cost of life. You know, I, I wish that, this could have just been a gen generic, just societal deep dive that we've done before. Um, but unfortunately, a tragic event does inspire these much needed conversations. Um, so I'm really glad that we took the time today to, to go through this. And quite frankly, I feel like you and I could keep talking about this for another couple of hours. It's, it's, it's that dense of a topic. It touches so many different aspects of society. Um, it, it's, not, it's not a black and white issue. It's, there's a lot of gray areas. Um, there's no one specific solve. Um, it, it's really, really complicated. But I think we, you know, I, I, I think we really touched on the most important aspects. And, you know, hopefully what we see is an honest conversation. I keep coming back to that theme, but I hope we can look at this tragic event and approach it with honesty and say, how did this happen? And how do we, how do we, instead, let's not make it political. Let's not draw political lines because that's not going to solve any issues. It's a, it's an easy and cheap way of addressing a tragedy like that. It's easy to, you know, it's easy and fun to get your jabs at people because it helps you politically or validates your self-esteem. But if we actually want to do good in the world, like that's, let's actually like think about this and, you know, try to, to come to a solution. And I think conversations like this SB, I think that is a very important first step to, to getting to that place. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And, and that kind of reminded me that, look, if, if you listen to this podcast and you, you've got a point of view that, you know, maybe disagrees with us, but you want to talk it out, you know, message us on Twitter and, and come on the pod. We are, we are more than happy to have people that have differing views. So if, if, and if you're someone that wants to talk about this topic specifically, we would absolutely love to have you on because like you said, we are you know, we're doing this, this show for entertainment and, and being, you know, thoughtful about what we're talking about, but we absolutely um, would, would love to be solving these world issues, right? I mean, we, we talk about a lot of negative things on the show, and it would be great if we didn't have to do the show because everything was perfect, but that's not happening. So we want things to be solved. I think you nailed it when you said it is coming from a place of wanting the world to be a better place, wanting what's best for everybody. And that's really the biggest disconnect I think going right now is the, you know, we have one group of people that, that demonizes the other group of people and says they are, they are coming for your livelihood. You know, the quote from earlier that they, they don't even want you to exist. And, and that's just not that kind of rhetoric's not going to get it done. It's not going to solve problems. I, I hope what we did here tonight was, you know, toss, toss our, toss our pod in in you know the sea of podcasts that we'll be talking about this but hopefully we are differentiated where this was really no political bias involved in trying to understand why the issue happened why it was covered the way it was and then where we can go from here so yeah tb unless unless you got anything else um i i'm really i'm really proud of this one because i i i think we we try to handle these issues delicately um but also impactful uh, and I think we did just that. So I'm, uh, I'm really happy with this one. Yeah, no, I, I, I am too. Um, you know, I'm, and this is something that we put together very, very quickly. So there was no really talking points, no script we were following, just pure, unadulterated, just commentary from us. Just you got our pure thoughts and gut reactions. And that's what we try to do every time we, we record. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think ultimately we, you know, just want to keep everyone impacted in our prayers. And I think that's the most important part. And, um, you know, hopefully something like this never happens again. And sadly, we keep 
having to say that. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully we get to a place where it, it really does stop because this is, you know, children should never be, you know, you know, the ones in fear for their lives and impacted by society falling apart. You know, that's the last people who deserve it. And so just got to keep them in our prayers. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I, this, I'm, I always love talking about society with USB. Um, you know, we both bring very different aspects and perspectives, but I think we have a shared, you know, you know, moral compass and idea of, you know, of, of right and wrong, which, you know, really helps to have some really thought provoking conversations. And, you know, you know, looking forward to continuing this conversation with other people, whether you're a listener, whether you have your own podcast, I think we need to have more of this, you know, I'd be, I'd welcome having a conversation that we just had between the two of us. I'd welcome that doing so with other people, even people who may have different perspectives or disagree with us. Um, if we don't talk to each other, then we're not going to find an answer. So why don't we start by trying to have an honest dialogue? 100% well said. Well, Hey, you can, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, give us a five-star rating, leave us a review, share with your friends and family. And with that, uh, we will see you guys on the next episode. Take care.